0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin
1: flair. Batches.
2: I don't have to show you any stinking batches.
0: This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: I heard a good joke today. Matter of fact, it's going to be in the promo over the weekend. What do you think is going to get fired first? A North Korean nuke or Mitch McConnell? <laughs> Welcome everybody, it's Chris Sato show. Glad you've tuned in to the program on a Friday. 888 93393 900 is the phone number to reach out to the program. Now, I took a couple of calls on the earlier show from folks very concerned. we're gonna get into a war and the folks were concerned about Kim Jong-il they were concerned about Donald Trump is this how you feel I'm curious are you concerned that it will be Donald Trump who gets us into a war and I I really think because there are people who actually claim to be Republicans or even conservatives who say this is a legitimate fear and I have some questions for that coming up with a program today charlie gasparino will be on we'll talk a little bit about the economy uh, if you want to touch a, a base with us on social media facebook page the chris salcedo show twitter at chris salcedo tx by the way that i mentioned where gasparino was from fox business network so knows what he's talking about catching the show live easy to do Blaze.com slash radio blaze radio smartphone app iHeartRadio radio app Listening On Demand, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And make sure you check out the Chris Alcedo Show's presence on TheBlaze.com. There's a channels tab. You click on that, you find uh, my mug, and make sure you uh, click on it and make sure you follow us. Actually, follow everybody at TheBlaze.com channel section. That way you'll be exposed to a, a, a cornucopia, a plethora, a myriad opinion and uh, and talent at least in the case of everybody else with me you just get you know opinion <laughs> i don't know if you can assign the word um uh-huh, talent to what i'm doing i i just i'm doing this by instinct most of the time instinct guided by common sense uh let's get the flip around going and let's start off a uh, chris wallace is speaking right now on Fox.
0: It probably won't tell us everything, but certainly if it's calm, that would be a good indication that things have dialed back. When you mention that fire and uh, fury line, I think it was fire, fury, and power the other day. A lot of people in the U.S. jumped on the president over that comment, and they they did not necessarily consider what James Madison said. You know, when the general talked about cease any consideration of actions that would lead to the end of your regime and the destruction of its people that in many ways arguably is a much stronger statement he's essentially saying to kim jong-un if you make a move you will be destroyed and so will many of the men and women who live in your country
2: yeah i, I the one difference i guess would be the fact that one is the by the secretary of defense and we expect them uh, to be to speak in more military terms, uh, just as we expect a Secretary of Defense. And Tillerson has certainly been doing that this week in speaking in more diplomatic terms. When you hear it from the president of the United States, and, and I have to say I've never heard that kind of rhetoric before But from a president, some will say that's good. That
3: What a bunch of BS. We went through this yesterday. I've never heard rhetoric from that... Then you're not listening, Chris Wallace.
2: Or he's going to drop another bomb, as he did. Turns out we did on Nagasaki. Well, that's a pretty apocalyptic moment to compare it to. So this is pretty unprecedented, uh, certainly in the last fifty or sixty years, and it got people's attention. Yeah. We'll see whether it's helpful or whether it isn't. So- yeah,
3: fifty or sixty years. Well, just because you haven't heard it, Chris Wallace, doesn't mean that it hasn't been hasn't taken place. And this got a lot of attention on the on the Chris Salcedo show page on the com, are exposing yesterday that presidents do talk like this when they have a, uh, a mind toward communicating with the people and a mind toward communicating with the individuals who need to hear what they need to say and not cloaked behind the niceties of diplomacy. It's a nuclear bomb, Chris Wallace. You don't want to be, Diplomatic or somehow interpretive. You want to be straightforward and direct. And the president was. Let's get over to CNN, one of those uh, purveyors of. jumping on trump for his words
4: but all right so let's take the white house of their word that he was being sarcastic why is the president being sarcastic when he's talking about something that he hadn't even touched he had he hadn't even responded to you know the news from putin from a couple of weeks ago on the 755 u.s diplomats and the one and only time we have it is it's sarcasm
1: brooke his his inconsistency is his great consistency. I know that sounds a bit ridiculous, but
3: the
4: unpredictable nature of what he might say,
2: (laughs) you think so? I think it's a little too long. But as I was watching your highlight reel, I was reflecting on the many conversations that you and I had in the lead up to the 2016 election where we wondered aloud, and I was often mistaken, in thinking that there would be some pivot. This, I mean, this is just, it's vintage Donald Trump. Uh, What you see is what you get. He's the same person who was elected. It's the way he's comported himself. And frankly, it's what makes, you know, some of these press availabilities rare as they have become so interesting to watch and see him. You know, as rare
3: as they've become, I mean, this is a joke, a joke. He sat there, not through one, but two, press conferences and he was getting the okay last question last question the cut sign he just kept on going he was calm he was confident and yes he was rational he he was not mocking he wasn't being sarcastic toward america and these diplomats who were coming home from russia he was being sarcastic from putin Putin expelled our diplomats because of the sanctions, right? And then what CNN wanted him, Donald Trump to do was get up there and say, oh man, that hurts so bad. Oh my gosh, Vladimir Putin, you're such a superior man. Oh my goodness, it, it hurts so badly. Oh, I don't know. It just it's so terrible. Oh my gosh. How, what can I do to make it up to you, Vladimir Putin? What can I do to make it up to you? Because that's what CNN's ilk would do. Instead, Trump laughs it off. Hey, I want to thank Putin. We're going to save some money on the budget. I've got the soundbite. Let me see. Hold on. It's in here somewhere. Here it is. This is what Trump said yesterday.
5: No, I I want to thank him because we're trying to cut down on payroll. And as far as (laughs) I'm concerned, uh, I'm very thankful that he let go of a large number of people because now we have a smaller payroll. There's no real reason for them to go back. So he, I greatly appreciate the fact that they've been able to cut our payroll for That's the United fair, States. Save, we'll save a lot of money.
3: These folks at CNN and, and others in the basket of biased press, they just don't get it. They're the joke and they don't get it. Anybody who knows Trump or has been watching Trump, what, what, what was he going to do? Let Vladimir Putin know that what he did hurt us? It didn't. What is he going to do? Pr- pretend? Oh, this is serious. This is so serious. It, screw it. I thank, thanks, Putin. I get to cut some money from the federal budget. Thank you. Now, the reason why that offends CNN is because CNN loves themselves some government largess. The more of your money that uh, the government can pee away, the more CNN likes it.
5: Ah. <sighs> Let's get over to msnbs A very calm, measured response to the crisis, Chris.
6: And again, as you're looking to watch to see uh, where this might be headed, how closely are you watching Guam? Because a lot of what we've heard, again, a lot of people have not heard about Guam for a very long time. They're learning that these are U.S. <laughs> citizens who live there. They're learning about the military yeah. bases that are there. But in- <laughs> you mean a lot of
3: people
5: that watch msnbs had never heard of Guam? That's a great question. I, I spoke to a friend of mine in the Pentagon this morning, and he said. One of the things that they fear, probably more than anything else, is what they call a North Korean, quote, demonstration. You may remember 2011, they sank a frigate, a South Korean frigate. You may remember that they fired a few rounds over the DMZ.
3: North Korea's guidance systems, ladies and gentlemen, as we talked with Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer yesterday, they can't hit the broad side of the barn. If they're firing at the continental US, doesn't matter where it lands, they're going to hit something. But if they're trying to hit a small island like Guam, they don't have the ability yet. Let's elect another Democrat and sure as shooting they will. But as long as long as we have a conservative or a Republican office, they shouldn't get that technology. And I don't think Guam has anything to worry about. Uh, maybe it's tourism does, but uh, I I used to work with a guy who worked on Guam. Guam is very small. <laughs> uh, half a day. Yeah. Uh, unlike those who watch MSNBS, I've I've heard of Guam and looked up Guam and yeah. Anywho, um. <laughs> It's Friday. Can you tell? Uh, as I said, Charlie Gasparino from Fox Business coming up. will check on the uh, on the economy and basically detail how well Donald Trump has done despite the Republicans lack of achievement in the Congress. Also, we will be doing a bit of a dis- desk clearing day. I have a lot of stuff I haven't gotten to all week that I want to get to today. Mary Ramirez will be up at her appointed time. So don't miss it. It's Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze. Be right back.
1: Keep up with the Chris Salcedo show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Celsedo show on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, welcome back. I wanted to uh spend some time on um something that was this is this was a special that aired last weekend. And I it wasn't something that I was going to spend a lot of time on. But uh and if other news pushed it out of the way, I wasn't going to report on it at all. And I certainly wasn't going to promote it ahead of time. Because it wasn't worth watching. Uh, and I didn't watch it. I read, the, I read the postmortem, but And it was pretty much as I've expected. A load of crap. Uh, CNN's potty mouth correspondent Fareed Zakaria. Had a special and was examining why Trump won. And, and you know. I, I already knew their canned, pre-concluded reasons that they would find for his victory. None of which resemble truth whatsoever. But here's what Fareed Zakaria had to say in the lead up to the special. Again, it was on last weekend. I'm not promoting it. I'm just telling you it did happen and in case you missed it, you were lucky.
6: Well, we really tried to ask uh, Wolf was not, not even why he won, but why he even came close. Because everybody has their own pet theories. Well, it was Hillary was a weak candidate, the Comey letter, Russia. But really, the bigger question is, this is the most unorthodox presidential candidate, uh, really. Why did he even win the nomination against 16 very talented politicians?
3: Why did he, folks, why did he win the election? Despite 16 very talented politicians, he just answered his own question. He didn't, not smart enough to figure it out, but he just did. It's because politicians got us $20 trillion in debt. Politicians, seasoned politicians, allowed North Korea to nuke up politicians gave billions of taxpayer dollars to Iran, pave the way for the Iranians to nuke up. So listen, uh, Fareed Zakaria, you can already tell, he has no flipping clue. Oh, no, we're going to go examine, uh, going to go examine why Donald Trump uh, even came close. And we're going to talk to a whole bunch of left-wing nuts. It was hate. Oh, it was just hate because America is such a hateful place and he gave them
6: an outlet for their hate. Why did he come close when he made so many um, statements, gaffes, mistakes that would have blown up the candidacy of anybody? There might- not anybody.
3: No, not anybody. See, Fareed Zakaria is just as phony. As the politicians that he is carrying the water for. Notice I didn't specify party. Farid Zakaria is a vacuous man and an elitist, an elitist prig, P-R-I-G. He hasn't a clue as to the reason why Donald Trump connected with everyday Americans. As a matter of fact, if Farid Zakaria looked in the mirror, he would have a better idea of why Donald Trump won. People like you, Farid Zakaria... Pretentious, arrogant, and elitist. The American, true Americans can't stand people like you who don't give a, who don't really give a damn about their everyday plight. They recognize it was people like you, Farid, who came up with the words fly over country. They know that the elitists who live in Washington, D.C., representatives who don't represent them, can't relate to them. Donald Trump spoke to them in terms they could understand and gave voice to their frustrations. When Americans said they were tired of illegal immigration, Fareed Zakaria, you know what you said to them? You, You called them racists. When Americans said they didn't want government involved in their healthcare decisions, you know what you called them? You called them uninformed. You condescended. Oh, it's just too complicated for you to understand. Trust us, it'll be great. The reason why Donald Trump won was because he was an expression of frustration of people just like you for Reed Zakaria. That's why Congress. And the mainstream press have similar approval numbers. It's because you guys are right on par. You guys carry the water. In fact, Fareed Zakaria, your whole damn network is a marketing arm for the Democrat Party. And everybody knows it.
6: If anybody, there must have been something there that was deeper. And we tried to get at that deeper issue, which is really a a portrait of America, a kind of cultural and class portrait of an America that feels deeply resentful about uh, the direction the country is going in uh, and the people who run the country, uh, people, you know, who are professionals, urban, educated. Oh. See,
3: those of you who supported Donald Trump, you're not. Professional. You're not educated. Uh Fareed Zakaria. You're you're the unwashed masses that because nobody, nobody who was educated could have voted for Donald Trump, right? Nobody who was educated could look at an ineffective Congress and say, Well, oh, that's you just don't understand. The, uh, governing is tough. It's not so tough when you have leftists in charge. They ram their policies down our throats and we have nothing to say about it. What do you think our frustration stems from? That Republicans can't seem to undo it as readily. But listen to the arrogance of this man. And listen to the the conclusion of his BS report. His BS documentary. The reason why... Donald Trump won is because you and I resent educated people, professional people like him. Screw you, Fareed Zakaria. You elitist moron. There are plenty of educated people out there who have legitimate education, street education that you can't hold a candle to. Fareed Zakaria People who know what it's like To make America work People like you Fareed Zakaria Don't make America work People like you Ride on our backs Liberal elitists Who think that you're Owed somehow A living With no work ethic That's the reason why Donald Trump won. They were tired of people who were living off of our backs. They were tired of a government that rode on our backs instead of walked by our side. It's a concept you can't grasp, Fareed.
0: The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
6: We tried to get at that deeper issue, which is really a a portrait of America, a kind of cultural and class portrait of an America that feels deeply resentful about uh, the direction the country is going in uh, and the people who run the country, uh, people, you know, who are professionals, urban, educated. Uh, This is, in a sense, an act of class rebellion. It is an act of cultural rebellion.
3: Class. And cultural rebellion. Listen to how he phrases it. Wait a minute. Uh, And I don't expect Fareed Zakaria to understand the concept either. This alleged educated man. America wasn't founded on the principle of classes. Leading and classes following. Classes working. No, that's not what America is, Fareed Zakaria. Mr. Zakaria, America is a, well, it's supposed to be, a government of, by, and for the people. We are the government. In America, we are supposed to tell the government what to do, not the other way around, sir. We're not rebelling against class. We're rebelling against elitism. Against those who believe themselves better than us, that they don't have to listen to us, that they they need to take care of us because they somehow know more how to run our lives than we do. Donald Trump, his victory was as a result of people who had grown tired with elitism, who think they knew, who think they knew everything, but by the fruits of their labors, or um, more to the point, they're not laboring showed that they didn't have any claim to intelligence whatsoever. Fareed Zakaria, how much brains does it take to run up a $20, a $20 trillion deficit, debt, sorry? And how much brains does it take to spend over a trillion dollars more than is brought in through receipts for four consecutive years, as President Obama did? How much brains does that take? Any fool can do that for Reed Zakaria. So this whole idea that Donald Trump's election was a rebellion against a class, a class that somehow deserves to govern. To heck with that. See, in America, it's, it's a very American concept for Reed Zakaria. You might want to familiarize yourself with it. Merit, earning your way, proving yourself worthy of support. Resident Obama got elected. Let me be clear. Respect me. I'm president. First four years of this, of my time in media when he was in, I called him president. Even the first year of the show. It was President Obama until it was abundantly clear to me that he had set uh, us on a course and set himself on an agenda that he believed he was the office. Not that that office belonged to you and me and we set the parameters. Donald Trump has a mandate from those who put him in office. He was sent there to be an agent of change. To send a clear message too many of those with ears to listen. And apparently, Fareed, you don't have ears to listen. Because you missed it. See, Farid Zakaria came up with this special, not to get to the truth, but to help himself sleep
6: better at night. And Donald Trump is their guy. You can you can ask. We we try to explain why he became their guy, but he is their guy. And uh, you know, my sense has always been it, they 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 have latched onto him the way you latch onto a sports team. The fact that the sports team is not doing well does not mean you will give up support. So, when- well,
3: wait a minute. If if doing well is the metric, then why did you support Barack Obama all those years for Reed Zakaria? Unless you think twenty trillion dollars is uh, uh is in debt as an asset. Unless you like that, unless you liked one to 2% GDP, never having achieved a 3% GDP his entire time in office, the first occupier of the Oval Office to ever accomplish, I shouldn't say accomplish, to burden the country with that feat? Uh, Did you think that the advances and strides made in ICBM and nuclear technology of both Iran— And North Korea under the term of resident Obama. Would you stack that up as a success for Reed Zakaria? And you dare to call us uneducated? I think you need to go back to school, sir. And look at what success is. Now, from whatever the hell country you're from, that might look like success to you. To a legitimate American, it does not. A a legitimate American, a pro-American citizen looks at a government that is a servant of the people, not a servant of itself. A real American wants a strong military, a secure border. Thinks that the rule of law separates us from whatever hellhole you came from, Mr. Zakaria. And I don't know what I don't even know what his nationality is. Don't really care. He's here now in a major pain in our ass. So uh you guys can see why I didn't promote this. It's it's it was just basically a boatload of tripe designed to make Farid Zakaria feel better. That a bunch of rubes and a bunch of unintelligent people elected this this president and it's that haughty arrogance that you have on full display mr. Zakaria that elected this president keep it up i encourage you to keep it up because the day you and your political brethren get it to not give lip service to the people but actually relate to the people that's when i believe the Democrat Party becomes viable again. But I would also contend that as soon as you start doing those things, you're no longer a Democrat. You're no longer a liberal because it runs counter to what your objective is, which is control.
6: And people keep watching and saying, well, but Trump is near not really a conservative. Ideology doesn't matter. They say, well, he's not accomplishing much. Competence doesn't matter. This is some kind of tribal identity, and they're sticking with him.
3: I in that that was that whole soundbite, folks, was was one minute and twenty two seconds. I don't think I have ever heard such so much drivel, so much wrong in one one minute twenty two second soundbite that I just heard. I, I, I really, it boggles the mind how someone can be so wrong. Uh, real news uh, from Trump Tower debuted this week. Uh, here's a sample of it.
7: Hey, everybody, I'm Kaylee McEnany. Thank you for joining us as we provide you the news of the week from Trump Tower here in New York. More great economic news on Friday. The July jobs report added a better than expected 209,000 jobs overall, since the president took office, President Trump has created more than one million jobs. The unemployment rate is at a 16-year low, and consumer confidence is at a 16-year high, all while the Dow Jones continues to break records. President Trump has clearly steered the economy back in the right direction.
3: Now, what you just heard was talking points from the Trump administration. And the numbers were factual, but the conclusions were drawn by the person who, who was a former CNN contributor. The conclusion she drawn made that not news folks. It made it talk. It made it opinion. Because real news doesn't, doesn't draw a conclusion. News presents the facts and lets you decide the conclusion. Uh, What you heard there was opinion. Now, they're going to call it real news. I have no problem with it. It's broadcast on Facebook. I have no problem with it. But
4: (laughs) CNN does. Well, we found out yesterday when President Trump's Facebook page unveiled a mock newscast from former CNN contributor and longtime Trump supporter Kaylee McEnany. The conservative website RedState.com called this, quote, propaganda straight out of North Korea's playbook. Obama's former ambassador to Russia said it, quote, feels eerily like so many state owned channels I've watched in other countries.
3: Oh, for the love of Pete, as if Donald Trump is the first person to put out video or audio propaganda from his own administration. You've got to be kidding me. Every president does this from one in one form or another. Good grief. It's paid for by the campaign for crying out loud. It's a political it's it's political. They call it real news. Yeah, they're tweaking you, CNN. Obama's ambassador. Ooh, that's real credible. I'm sure he's he, I'm sure he's going to give us an unbiased opinion.
4: That's their idea of real news. The Trump Weekly News Roundup is being funded by President Trump's reelection campaign. McEnany, who was also just named spokeswoman for the RNC, signed off her broadcast like this.
7: Thank you for joining us, everybody. I'm Kaylee McEnany, and that is the real news.
4: Now, empirically, there's nothing journalistic about a political organization that exists to support a politician, cheering on that politician. It's not real, and it's not news, and it's definitely not real news.
3: Yeah, and uh, you folks over at CNN, Jake, are the authority on what is not real news. I'll be right back.
0: The next generation of talk radio. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative, Chris Salcedo, on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: All right, welcome back, everybody. Are we, uh, coming up next hour, we have a lot to get into. Charlie Gasparino will be in from Fox Business Network. We'll talk about the economy and how things are going there. Uh, the press is, um, is losing its mind over, uh, over Trump, of course, always. But yesterday, guys, remind me, did we play the, the arrogant north end of a southbound donkey on this show? Did we, did we do it on this show? The, 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 the British guy who asked that question? Oh, we did do that. Okay, yeah, the arrogant I, Yeah, we, we play the arrogant ass. In case, in case you guys didn't hear it, listen to this.
1: Congratulations on the on the UN Security Council sanctions. Uh, I've just been suggesting you could have given them longer to bear fruit before threatening fire and fury. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess what, 20, 25 years was just too short a time? That's how long we've been dealing with, over 25 years dealing with North Korea's belligerence. Now, I wouldn't expect this this millennial reporter, foreigner, to know that or to even acknowledge that, because hey, why let the facts get in the way of a good dig at the president? A president, by the way, who was able to orchestrate a 15 to nothing vote in the UN Security Council, something that Obama couldn't get done, that Bush couldn't get done, or Clinton couldn't get done. Trump got it done. Just saying. Now, yesterday uh, you guys know that that Trump is being lambasted for making his uh, fury and fire comments. Well, he was asked, hey, uh, you know, you're getting a lot of blowback over this. Uh, you think it was too strong?
5: Frankly, uh, the people that were questioning that statement, was it too tough? Maybe it wasn't tough enough.
3: That <laughs> so doubles down. That was his first press conference, in promptly press conference. He held a second longer one where he fielded so many questions. May, and we carried some of it here on the Salcedo show, the tail end of it. And as I mentioned off the top of the program, he's like, his people are going, come on, we got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. But Trump kept on taking questions. And he doubled down on his frank and stern talk about the murderous regime in North Korea.
5: Preparing for many different alternative events at North Korea. If uh, uh, He is disrespected our country greatly he has said things that are horrific and with me he's not getting away with it he got away with it for a long time between him and his family he's not getting away with it. it's a whole new ball game and he's not going to be saying those things and he's certainly not going to be doing those things Uh, i read about we're in guam by august 15th let's see what he does with guam he does something in guam it will be an event the likes of which nobody's seen before what will happen in North Korea. And when you say that, what, what do
2: you mean?
5: You'll see. You'll see. And he'll see. It's not he dare. will see. Is that a dare. It's a statement.
3: The press. Is that a dare? Is that a dare? What do you guys think? It's a game? Shut up. A dare. Are you dare? Does it sound like a dare to you? Did it sound like? Yeah. Yes. President Trump was daring this guy to fire off a nuclear weapon. Are
5: you kidding me? It's like, shut up. What are you three? Has nothing to do with dare. That's a statement. He's not going to go around threatening Guam and he's not going to threaten the United States and he's not going to threaten Japan and he's not going to threaten South Korea. No, that's not a, a dare. As you say, that is a statement of fact.
3: You know, we mentioned yesterday, uh, the uh, seasoned alleged reporter Andrea Mitchell over at MSNBC, uh, how she uh, seems to be losing bladder control over so much testosterone in the uh, Oval Office. I get the sense that a lot of these reporters, who granted maybe come up came up during the era of Obama, they're not used to seeing somebody there that is so vociferously and dedicating. So much time and energy to defending his own country. They're not. They're just not used to that kind of thing. They better get used to it.
0: You're listening to the Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself. To ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have
2: to show you any stinking vices.
0: This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: All right, coming to the Sour, welcome everybody. It's Friday on the Chris Salcedo Show. 64 House Democrats have signed a letter condemning, not North Korea, but condemning Donald Trump's statement on North Korea, I kid you not, and uh, also, Mary Ramirez. Uh, meantime, uh, the economy in the aggregate has been uh, has been doing better than it had been. Stock market's been on in somewhat of a tear. And I think that Donald Trump has done everything he can do by himself to get us back on the right track. The rest is going to rely on legislation. Let's talk about this and many other things in the business world. With Charlie Gasparino, he joined Fox Business Network in February 2010 as a senior correspondent. Gasparino provides on-air reporting throughout the business day for that network, covering the latest news from the financial world. Charlie, welcome to Chris Salcedo Show.
1: Thanks for having me.
3: Pleasure is all mine, sir. Uh, Trump touted his accomplishments on the economy. Uh, you know, saying he got rid of a whole bunch of regulations and uh, he's going to pledge to do as much as he possibly can. But uh, what do you think? Do you you think he's done all he can do by trying to get rid of these executive branch regulations and the rest has got to come from Congress, yes?
1: I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, he can get rid of some stuff on his own through executive order and, you know, or just through regulation or lack thereof. I mean, one of the things about these laws... You know, take Dodd Frank, the banking laws. That there is room for interpretation on how stringent they should be, how much capital banks should um, should should hold, how much um, you know, how much leeway they have on certain practices, and that's all up to the regulating bodies, like uh, the like 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 the Treasury Department or the Federal Reserve. Um, same with the FCC. I mean, he's got his people in these these various or FTC, various agencies or EPA, right? Uh, he has his people in there that can interpret the law in a much more, in a less, much less stringent way, and that's what they're doing. And, and I'll tell you, it does have an impact. <clears throat> Environmentalists and good government types will say they're allowing businesses to run rampant. Capitalists would say, well, guess what? That money flows to the bottom line. and allows companies to expand and hire more, and uh, that's why you see the stock market holding up as well as it can, as well as it has been, even in the face of the, the new. The possible nuclear war that we we may or probably won't have with North Korea, right. and also the fact that there's not much legislatively being done by the administration. I mean, they really they haven't gotten the health care through the um, the tax cut. Their tax reform situation looks like it's going to be a grind, and most uh, institutional investors I talk to don't think it's it's actually going to happen. So. But the markets keep going up because the business environment generally is a lot better.
3: Yeah, the same dysfunction that was has been around in Congress, uh, that was around during the Obama era, still around during the Trump era. And but Obama, of course, just went extra constitutional. He didn't. He didn't pay attention to the the restraints on his power. He just did stuff. Uh, most of it was uh, unconstitutional. Let me ask you about about how crucial tax reform is in your mind. Uh, a, a lot of analysts say that it's essential after eight years of Obama. But given the Obamacare screw-up by the Republican Senate, how confident are you that GOP is up to this task?
1: Uh, you know, I think it's a 50-50 gambit. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, I, I think, you know, on the, on the positive side, they believe they need a victory because they don't want to lose the House in, in, in 2018. Um, that's the positive side. So they're they're trying to get this thing. And and they and if you listen to them, if you listen to Kevin Brady and, and the, the House leadership, they'll tell you that you know there's more unanimity on tax cuts than there was on the various moving parts with Obamacare. So yeah. and it, and it's a less complicated um, sort of negotiation they have to they have to engage in. Not uncomplicated. But you know
3: what's funny about that? Is that here you had a Republican party that was singing from the same hymn book during campaign season. Repeal, replace, repeal, replace, repeal, replace. And so we were under the impression that the entire party was on board with this, and it turns out not.
5: So
1: now yeah, here we are. It's how you define repeal and replace, right? Yeah, and, well. You know, there's a lot of different ways to refine it or define it, and it is a complicated manner. A lot of moving parts. Now, tax reform is less complicated. Not, again, not uncomplicated. Less complicated. And that's why they think they. There's room to get something done. The negative side is that, just as I said, it's not uncomplicated, and there's a lot of warring factions. I mean, for example, hedge fund industry is going to go out, so some of this has to be paid for. I mean, I think that's most people want that. Most Most people in Congress want that. That doesn't mean it has to be totally revenue neutral, like every cut... Every tax cut needs a budget cut or, or, or some other revenue source, but it needs to be somewhat revenue neutral based on conversations i 've had with various house people to get there. you have to you know close some loopholes right yeah. so is are all the congressmen from California, New York, and New Jersey, and other high tax, other states with high income taxes, are they going to? Re- and they're Republican, mind you. Are they going to vote for the the uh, zeroing out of the uh, state and local tax deduction? Yeah,
3: isn't, so. isn't there a? Isn't there a? Because of, it has to be done under reconciliation. It has to be budget neutral, right?
1: Well, it has to be budget neutral if it's out more than 10 years, is the way I understand it. Okay, I got gotcha. you. You just want to do a temporary thing, a 10-year thing. Oh. They would rather do it long term, but you know, 10 years is a long time. Uh, and the re- why do they want to do it forever right for example, they they think that business that gives businesses more confidence there There's a rationale for that. Businesses have more confidence to plan long term and to and basically to you know invest money in oh, yeah. equipment Oh, yeah you know, but ten years is a long time, and I think that's where they're going to go with this thing so um like i said they 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 think they can get something done i They don't know what something is. Take it from me. I've met with the leadership. They right. you know, when you see when you hear them talk, it's very you know, they, they talk a good game and then when you start pressing them on certain things like, you know, how do you define, you know, revenue neutral? Do you believe in any supply side uh, fiscal stimulus that could uh, push that, that could add to the, the, the add to tax revenues and when do you think that comes? That's where the devil gets into details and there's a difference of opinion. There's a Paul Ryan House Speaker Paul Ryan, Kevin Brady on one side, who are more of, on the, the side of this thing needs to balance itself out to some respect. And then there's conservatives like people on the House Freedom Caucus who believe, who generally believe in supply-side economics. That's where it gets complicated. And, you know, uh, I wonder if, you know, I don't think the, conserv- the, the the sort of supply-siders in the Republican conference will go for... Some sort of puny tax cut, particularly a like corporate tax cuts or even individual tax cuts. If it, if they must be, um, if they must be, if, if 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 all the deductions are are, are zeroed out, right. you know? and I just don't think they're going to go for something that is, in in a sense, a tax increase. So we'll have to see. I mean, yeah. it's going to be interesting. And they don't have a lot of time to do it, right? No,
3: that's true. I mean, the, the, the clock is ticking. And, you know, and, and we were, we've been talking mostly on the corporate side, but I think the American people have earned a respite from this 75,000 page disgrace that is the tax code. Charlie Gasparino, our guest right now, folks, he's from the Fox Business Network uh u three and u six jobs uh jobs numbers one is the fake what I call the fake jobs numbers one's the real jobs numbers. where are we at? the real jobless numbers in the united states
1: well the u six everybody says is the most comprehensive right, and right. now you now you're you're uh, giving me a quiz where's the u six right now? I believe it's something like eight and a half nine percent right it, yeah well it's say it's
3: it's down in the eights and i know that it, but it is dropping so when Donald Trump says that unemployment is down at a at a 18-year low, he has some justification for it, because both U3 and U6 are budging downward on right. a But,
1: you know, listen, in, 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 you know, I, mean, I, I don't want to get into an argument as who's more responsible for this, Obama or Trump. I could just tell you this. Um, the economy was improving marginally when, when Trump took over. There's no doubt about that. I, I, it, I When I say marginally, we had 1.5%, 2% growth. That's pretty lousy. Yeah. What do you think about it? Growth is picking up now that Trump is in there. Uh, he deserves some credit for that, just because he's not Obama and not Hillary. <laughs> I tell you that he can do almost nothing, and business businessmen will say this is uh, even Tim Cook, if, who's a, the, the liberal who runs Apple, yeah. um, would not admit this, but he would tell you the business environment for him is a lot better under Trump than it would be under any Democrat. Given how far left the just just
3: doing nothing would be a blessing because the the last well that's it the last eight years
1: and and you're doing nothing plus you know marginally you're getting a a boost if you're a businessman out of the regul the regulatory climate which is a lot less hostile
3: yeah I got you Charlie Gasparino everybody he is with Fox Business sir I appreciate the time and expertise you have a great weekend
1: you too I appreciate having me on. 888-933-933-888-900-3393.
3: 888 933 888 900 3393 Back in a minute with that letter from the Democrats. And Mary Ramirez coming up still on the Chris Salcedo Show. Be right back.
0: He is quickly becoming the left's favorite piñata. <laughs> Only problem is... This piñata hits back. Chris Salcedo. Oh, on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice.
3: All right, welcome back. Coming up, Mary Ramirez for our weekly visit, longtime contributor here to the Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, to this letter, uh, 64 Democrats in the House of Representatives sent a letter to Secretary of State Rex Tillerson on Thursday urging the utmost caution and restraint in further dealings with North Korea and condemning President Donald Trump for promising fire. And fury in response to reports that the Asian nation is escalating its nuclear program. Escalating. You got to love the Huffington Post. These Democrats would prefer the Bill Clinton approach, which is send North Korea lots of money and let them develop nukes. Right, Representative John Conyers? I uh, I am astonished at the chutzpah of these people. Your Democrat policies are on full display as failing as a communist rogue regime that starves its own people, human rights abuser to the nines, that your damned party gave billions upon billions of taxpayer dollars to, that your damned political party and the last occupier of the Oval Office... Removed restrictions from North Korea and they leapfrogged in technology to where they could be a threat to the United States. And you have the audacity, John Conyers, you buffoon. You and 63 other House Democrats to condemn President Donald Trump. As being, quote, irresponsible. You want to know what irresponsible is? allowing a communist regime like the North Koreans to get nukes in the first place. That was irresponsible and at the feet largely of the Democrat party. It's beyond dispute. It's beyond dispute. You people, you people are, are nuts. You're full of it and you're full and well, you're full of it and you're nuts. Um, We didn't get into Dershowitz, did we? Uh, Alan Dershowitz was called a racist. Now, for those of you who don't know, Alan Dershowitz is a lifelong Democrat. And is a Jew. And he was called a racist by none other than Auntie Maxine. (laughs) I know. Um, Because he suggested that a change of venue would be good for one of the not the not the grand jury into Trump. Not Trump, but Russian collusion. But some of these these smaller lawsuits because Washington, D.C. would be populated with people who would normally go against Donald Trump. Primarily Democrats. But Maxine Waters took it a different way. Here's what she said. What he's simply saying, you know, all of those
8: black people are there and they don't like Trump. And so he's not going to get a fair trial. And so they should take it out of that jurisdiction. It shouldn't be there to begin with. I don't like that.
3: uh, And I'm surprised that Alan Dershowitz is talking like that. And we will not stand for it. We will push back against that because that is absolutely racist. Well, it's not racist. It's common sense. And every good attorney will tell you that. But You know what Maxine really wants is she wants a reliably uh, liberal uh, jury pool that would guarantee a conviction. She wants a biased jury pool, and that's what she's fighting for. And, of course, the answer for every Democrat is to cry racism on everything, even if it's against another democrat
2: well she doesn't know what she's talking about uh first of all i wasn't talking about the grand jury i was talking about the petty jury grand jury doesn't matter a grand jury will indict a ham sandwich if the prosecutor wants him to so it doesn't matter where the grand jury is but if there were to be an indictment it would matter greatly where the trial was look uh maxine waters should know better and does know better she knows-
3: wait a minute now that's why i gotta disagree with alan dershowitz maxine waters is dumber than a sack of rocks there i have seen no indication that Maxine Waters has any claim to intelligence whatsoever, judging by her past statements, and of course, her outright racism. Uh, She has, in her her racist comments, I find her to be completely ignorant.
2: Maxine Waters should know better and does know better. She knows that every experienced lawyer, white, black, uh, Asian, Latino, knows that when you're selecting a jury, factors like ethnicity, race, political affiliation, uh, a matter. Uh, If I had said that race didn't matter, she'd have called me a racist. She throws around the term so loosely and so inappropriately, and it it weakens her credibility just by calling everybody a racist, by calling me a racist. When she calls real racists racists, nobody is going to uh, believe her.
3: Uh, Mr. Dershowitz, it's not just Maxine Waters who throw around the word racist. And it's not just because she's throwing it around at everybody. She only throws it at people with whom she agrees or disagrees politically. That this 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 now Maxine Waters is rather advanced in years, and this this playbook has been effective for the last you know twenty or thirty years for the American left. Just cry racism to shut down debate. Now that as we have articulated this week, that has been replaced by the word hate. Just say, oh, you're hateful, and that will shut down debate, they think. Maxine Waters has grown skilled and lazy at crying racism when somebody disagrees with her politically.
2: And she ought to be ashamed of herself. You know, being black doesn't give you a license to call people racist any more than being Jewish. Yeah. gives you a license to call people anti-Semitic. So she ought to understand. Wait a minute, wait a wait, wait.
3: By Maxine Waters' standards, now, Alan Dershowitz said something and Maxine Waters disagreed with it. Thus, she got licensed to call him a racist. And Alan Dershowitz has said something and Maxine Waters disagrees with it. And uh, basically that gives Dershowitz license to call her anti-Semitic, right? Because just using her standard... Well, I want this, and uh, if I don't get it, well, that's racist, says Maxine Waters. Well, Dershowitz says, well, you disagree with me, so it means you're racist. You're, you're anti-Semitic. You hate Jews. If, if he were that intellectually dishonest, he probably would say that.
2: That every criminal defense lawyer knows that race matters, ethnicity matters, political affiliation matters. Uh, we're not talking about computers here. We're talking about real jurors making real decisions and jurists make decisions based on their life experience. Right. We can thank
3: the Republican party, the Senate Republican party for their inability to have a cohesive agenda. And we can thank the sinful six, John McCain, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Shelley Moore Capito, Rob Portman, and Dean Heller. Dean Heller from Nevada Oh, by the way, according to CBS, has uh, picked up a primary challenger because of his campaigning to repeal Obamacare and his treacherous vote to keep it. So um, Dean Heller has picked up a primary challenger and deservedly so. But we can thank those wayward Republicans for keeping Obamacare around. You know, Obamacare is so great, ladies and gentlemen that 6.5 million Americans decided they wanted to pay money out of their pocket to escape it. Individual health care mandate requires every American to buy health insurance or pay a fine. In 2016, 6.5 million Americans chose to pay the fine rather than sign up for insurance on the Obamacare exchanges. Oh, it's so wonderful. Mayor Ramirez, up next, folks. Be right back. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris DelCado's show. Uh, Mary Ramirez joining us right now, as she usually does here on Fridays. Mary, in case you start getting weird tweets from individuals uh, uh, complimenting you on being 22 weeks along and saying that your Bluetooth sounds really good. Apparently, our microphone was hot. It's a good thing we didn't say anything untoward. So, oh, uh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yes thank you thank you everybody on twitter for uh letting us know we had a hot open mic and that's good all you know all mary and i usually talk about are uh you know her pregnancy and uh, we were gonna talk about that and you all know now she's having a boy so uh yes i I hope that wasn't a secret to any of your family mary that didn't get out or anything like that
7: no, no. Okay, no. good. Actually, we're good. We're Oh, good. well, know, that's what a ago, relief. I
3: so. <laughs> I would straight to have your family be listening in, and, you know, it was supposed to be a private conversation, and then everybody around creation knows about it. I mean, it, <laughs> all
7: well, right. Well, it would be. It'd be okay. The Chris Salcedo show is a big part of my life, so it would be a fun way to announce it. Yeah, I know,
3: right? <laughs> we don't keep secrets here. You, you guys, even hear our off-air conversations. It's you know, it's just the way we're doing things in the Blaze. We're just gonna keep the mics hot all the time. Uh, glad to have you on board, everybody here for the last. Ah, oh, thank God it's Friday. Uh, I, I, well, was that a twenty-two week? duh is that what I? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. It's
7: Friday, y'all. It's Friday.
3: I hear you. So, what are we writing about this week?
7: Well, Chris, I think you you may have mentioned this throughout the week, but Ashley Judd's in the news again. And, uh, you know, for those who are unaware, I think by now most people have seen what she's done, but just in case, um, she posted a couple of uh, Facebook Live rants detailing her harrowing experience at an airport. and the experience, of course, was going through security and having a man refer to her as Sweetheart. Um, oh, yeah, hold on, hold her on. Outfit. A
3: You're not going to be able to hear this, Mary, but I'm going to play it for everybody else, okay? I Go for it.
7: I am a nasty woman.
3: That's Ashley Judd. I am a nasty woman. Oh, Go ahead.
7: <laughs> That's what's so funny about this, too, is, is this, this whole thing. Like, she's complaining about these words, and yep. she's, she's on tape saying that. Um, but anyway, so she called it, uh, everyday sexism, I think, was the term that she used, and you know, we laugh at the video if if you've seen it. I laughed at it. A lot of people did because it's just so beyond the pale. It's like, are you are you kidding? Like, are you for real here? But, you know, the the broader problem with Ashley Judd's uh, antics on these videos and and the overhaul be or I'm sorry, the overall behavior. Of today's so-called feminists is really the problem, and they're they're causing problems here where there aren't any, or certainly not to the extent that they outline them to be. I mean, I don't, I wasn't there at the airport. I don't know exactly what transpired, but you know, I, I can't imagine it was nearly as harrowing as she, as she, you know, describes it to be. I think somebody somebody wrote something about how she was. It was as if she was comparing herself to Rosa Parks in these videos, and they're cheapening. Real harassment. I mean, I, I wrote about this in the piece. I have been actually harassed by men, like walking the streets in Mexico. I have actually been harassed. Now,
6: why
3: couldn't actually. we be talking about that when we were on? <laughs> when we were on, like having a hot mic moment. Why could, why could we be talking <laughs> about that? That would have been salacious stuff. I mean, our ratings well, probably would have gone to the roof.
7: Hey it's in the it is in the piece. I do I do talk, I do detail it a little bit there and I actually um I, l- I left a lot out but nevertheless yes. so it's not totally in the Well dark, no wait but, a minute. Um, you
3: know Mexico Mexico it has still has that machismo uh yeah. attitude toward women. So I mean is is that an apples to apples comparison when you're talking about culturally? No.
7: No, certainly not. It's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison, and, you know, even in that culture where it is, more, it is more prevalent and it's just sort of more accepted and understood, I'm certainly not going to broadcast that behavior over all men in society. But what Ashley Judd does, I mean, let's just assume for a quick second that this guy in the airport really was sexist, a sexist pig, a misogynist or whatever. What she's doing with these Facebook videos is, is, is projecting his behavior on all males in society. And, you know, it, it's just it's it's the it's like the boy who cried wolf, you know, when everything <laughs> is harassment and everything is sexism and it's just they're creating these new problems.
3: Well, you know, and, what and that's, you know what that is. And we, and we just went over talking about Maxine Waters, Maxine oh Waters, whenever she gets it, whenever she gets in a pickle politically, she just cries racism. And that's that supposed that? to stop when when uh, progressives these days get into a pickle and they can't win the debate, they call hate. And what I look at it as, Mary, is just some of these liberal, progressive women who who cannot function unless they're victims of something.
7: That's exactly right. They can't. There's no the, the excuse for everything and anything that's gone wrong in their lives is what well, must be a man's fault, you know. And and it's so funny too because they they claim to be feminists, and feminism is. Has brought good things for women in, in this country and, and around the world. I mean, you know, yeah, sure, being viewed equally in society, getting to vote, you know, being viewed uh, uh, like I said, equally in society as men, even though we are biologically and physically and everything else different. That's those are good things. But what this sort of feminism does is it not only brushes aside those great differences, but it also just sort of says screw you to equality, and it pushes for superiority over over men. And, you know, if you look at – I used BuzzFeed as, a, as an example here in this piece. Um, if you go onto their site, you'll see article after article, you know, praising women like Ashley Judd and, and re- recounting experiences like hers and so on. And then you'll see right next to it, you'll see um, articles about what, – what was it? I think one I included in my piece. It was 34 shirtless men and remind you why you love – and then insert word for male genitalia here. So that they're allowed to treat men like wow. objects. And they're allowed to it's, – it's amazing. So the hypocrisy is just – it's incredible. But what's even more interesting here too is I was doing this piece, I was reading these articles about women who can't who complain about men who are jerks and men who they can't find men to marry. Yeah. And I want to say, well, um, okay, excuse is me. Is Ashley find- Judd single? Yeah, I don't know. Wasn't doesn't she dating a race car driver for a while? I can't remember. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm just asking. I don't know. What I think Madonna's is-
3: single. I <laughs> Oh my God! Or she's it never Friday, she's, she's she's never really single. She's sometimes triple or quadruple. I hear.
7: Right? Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> But, um, you know, yeah, you spend you spend years and years screaming at men for Um, opening the door for you and carrying heavy boxes and for going to college and for, you know, whatever else. And then you sit here and wonder why men are not chivalrous anymore and and why it is that women can't find college educated men to date and marry. Did you hear I don't know?
3: Did you hear us talking about uh, that that new series coming on HBO called Confederate? Yes. And the progressives yeah. are all up in arms because there are white guys writing about the black experience. You can't do that. You can't oh, write. But if, but if it was a bunch of black people writing about whites, oh, that's okay. Or, or if Double it was a standards. Bunch, of, bunch of Latinos writing about whites, oh, that's okay. But you can't right. write. What, what do they call that? Uh, cultural appropriation, right? Right. The, yep. the, the, cultural the white, appropriation. Whites don't have a culture. That's that's the, 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 the pre uh the preconceived notion there it's ridiculous it's liberal it's liberal pablum isn't it not
7: it really is and it's the exact same uh, philosophy that gets applied when we're talking about gender that you know if i had written this article as a man if i wrote this article well god forbid you can't no, no you can't talk about women's issues although i guarantee you i will be accused of well you must you must be a man writing this article there's no way a woman could hold this view you well must that'd be, have, like, that'd be kind of if, if you're a
3: something. man that that 22-week pregnancy ought to be a bit inconvenient
7: well, didn't you hear? Isn't there a couple in Oregon or something like that where the, the I uh, heard about um, that. Yeah. Or, or, Apparently, men she, can give birth to. Well, babies. she wasn't a. Okay. Well,
3: she uh, he wasn't a real man, right? It was she actually. Well, no, of,
7: she's biologically a female, right. she's converting to male. Therefore, the the headline of the story is "Male gives birth to 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 child Duh. son." I think. Duh. Anyway.
3: And what <laughs> what are labels anyway? Right.
7: Well, what, you what
3: know I, what I find fascinating about that is that. The so-called party and ideology of science doesn't seem to have a firm grasp on X and Y chromosomes. I just don't understand.
7: Isn't that the, we're always the ones that get accused of being science deniers because we question the, you know, the gospel of man-made climate change. I'm flat, sorry. Flat earthers.
3: Oh. Flat earthers.
7: Right. Yep. I'm sorry. Who's denying science.
3: Okay. So. so what is the name of the piece this week? Wait a minute, why don't you just save it? We'll go to break and then we can say it while we're in break and have another hot mic moment. <laughs> I guess it is, could, right? <laughs> no, well, I'll save on. you I'm just, te- I'm just teasing, <laughs> go ahead, say it.
7: Yes, it's ladies, please don't be like Ashley Judd. And it is up on my blog and I'll tweet it out after this segment.
3: That sounds like a country music song. Ladies don't let please your daughters don't be grow like up
7: Ashley Judd to be
3: Ashley Judd. You know, her her family makes some great country music. That 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 could be the Juds could make a comeback. Yeah. Don't let your don't let your daughters grow up to be like Ashley.
7: Brilliant. <laughs> okay. Oh boy.
3: I guess we're done, aren't we?
7: I, I think so. I yeah, think, I was, I I think was about we, done about yeah. ten,
3: fifteen minutes ago.
7: <laughs> Clearly,
3: <laughs> you have yourself a great weekend. You take care of yourself. Uh, you know, you're you're eating for two. No, no more tequila for you. No, I, I suppose
7: I should lay off of that, huh? Yeah, then Maybe. that'd be
3: a good idea. But all right, uh, Mary Ramirez, everybody, longtime contributor here at the Chris Salcedo Show. We'll talk to you next week.
7: Thanks.
8: All
3: right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. Got a Friday song for y'all coming up after the break. The Salcedo Show here on The Blaze.
0: You are listening to The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze on The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on. The Blaze Radio Network.
3: Story I brought you yesterday, didn't get a chance to get much into it, and so I put in the promo and wanted to at least touch on it a little bit today. Uh, the, a federal judge, uh, ironically and, and surprisingly, an Obama judge, has ordered the government to search its databases for Hillary Clinton emails as they pertain to Benghazi. Now, I I'm not sure this is going to bear any fruit, folks, but it it is interesting that keeps Hillary and emails and injustice in the headlines. In all, uh, the Secretary of State's office found 348 Benghazi-related messages or documents that were sent to or from Hillary Clinton in a period of nearly five months after the attack. And what they had searched originally were the accounts of Uma Abedin, Cheryl Mills, Jake Sullivan, and uh, and Clinton herself, but Clinton Clinton's State Department email wasn't in use. There was nothing there. She was using her private server. Remember, however, the conservative watchdog group Judicial Watch argued that the search wasn't good enough because the state never tried to search its own systems. The State Department never searched its own systems for relevant messages in the official email accounts of Clinton top aides. I'm sure that James Comey just simply overlooked that. So, uh, we'll see where it goes. I don't have high hopes, but we shall see. Uh, the WBAP players. Of course, the big story this week was North Korea. It was a big story back in 2013, but it just didn't get reported because the press was, was covering for President Obama, so he wouldn't have to do anything. The fact that the Koreans, the North Koreans could miniaturize nuclear weapons and put them on top of ICBMs. And well, that got the attention of the WBAP players. And here you go. It's Friday song. The Corsell
8: Sato show here on The Blaze. Check it out. On Tuesday morning, Kim let us know he had bombs. Oh, man, I got plans. He said to put it into you. I woke up this morning and heard he's going to nuke Guam. Then Trump tweeted what we're going to do. Oh, we'll bring fire and we'll bring pain. We'll launch a rain of fury the world's never seen. Korean barbecue will have a whole new meaning. And you'll never think of doing it again You're gonna see the face of Jesus If you try to make a stand You won't live to see another day Your day of reckoning is real close at hand And by the way, your haircut's really gay (laughs) Oh, we'll bring fire and we'll bring pain The launch a rain of fury the world has never seen Korean barbecue will have a whole new meaning And you'll never think of doing it again Stress in my mind this uneasy time. What has the fat kid done? Lord knows when the war winds blow, it'll turn your head around. Too much time on the diplomatic line. Maybe time to raise a gun. Bad dreams of flying machines dropping bombs on the ground. Oh, we'll bring fire, we'll bring pain. The launch a rain of fury the world's never seen Korean barbecue will have a whole new meaning And you'll you'll never think of doing it again No, you'll never think of doing it again No, you'll never think of doing it again There you go. The WBAP
3: players taking us into the weekend on the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. If you want that uh, that parody for your very own, just head over to the Chris Alcedo Show Facebook page. We have put it up there uh, for you guys to digest. Hey, remember everybody, society's worth not measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Great weekend, everybody. See you here on Monday on The Blaze.
0: This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.